What is up, you beautiful people? Welcome back. Why am I so crazy with the openings? I don't know. I just I hit the record button and I go wild. I can't help you beautiful people. But anyways, uh, welcome back to the Built on Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Jake. You'll see me around as Jake Blockchain. And today we have a special guest. Mike Sarasti is the CIO, which is the Chief Innovation and Information Officer of the City of Miami. And uh, yeah, ever since that tweet heard around the world from Suarez, uh, Miami has been a darling. And as the first city coins launched, uh, we've been watching it closely. And so we talk a bunch about city coins, uh, how to think about this for the future, what are some of the unique issues that a city government has to deal with that us city coiners in the global crypto scale uh, don't really have to worry about. Um, but also just personal things about, you know, how does he lead, how to get a community involved, and how does one become even a CIO of a big city like Miami? Like, I have, I have no idea. So we cover a ton. Uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this conversation. I think it's required reading, watching for any city coiner. And without further ado, let me bring on my conversation with Mike Sarasti. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. But yeah, I think the first thing I'm curious about is how does someone become a CIO of a city? Like, does that get posted on Indeed.com? Like, what 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 kind of skills are required when someone's trying to do that for for a big city like Miami? Yeah, which which CIO gig? So I started as a Chief Innovation Officer five and a half years ago. Okay. Kind of, accident, kind of accidental. I got brought on board because the guy that became my boss, Assistant City Manager Fernando Casamayor, who's now our CFO, said, I'm looking for like a like a process ninja. And I also want you to do some of that like local tech stuff that you do because I know you're tied to the tech community. I was like, process ninja is not a real title, sir. So um, we, we kind of kicked it around. I was like, well, it's a new title, Chief Innovation Officer floating around. So can we do that? And he's like, yeah, it sounds good. Come on board and let's get you started. So okay. that's how Chief Innovation Officer started. I had a, a data background, a uh, process improvement back. I'd done a bunch of random shit, man, in my time. I'd been 10 years in government at that point, Miami-Dade County, doing a little tech, a little data, a little community stuff, some process work. It all kind of folded into the Chief Innovation Officer role. And then... About uh, two years into that, they said, we still want you to keep doing the innovation officer role, but we also want you to take over the IT department. Um, so then I, I, I call that the moment I became a, a real CIO. So I'm, I'm director of innovation and technology now as a chief innovation and information officer. And okay. uh, now I oversee all your traditional IT functions too, from cybersecurity to uh, application development, um, which is kind of wild because as innovation officer, I was generally the kind of guy that was wearing my security people so it's been a nice transition <laughs> yeah too. now i know too much ignorance is bliss man i wish i didn't know the things that i know now <laughs> so so is it safe to say that most cities don't have like that title was kind of created for the fact that you had this unique set of skills and like the liam neeson kind of way where you're like and then it just kind of like fell in your lap that way and then most cities don't have an innovation officer i have to imagine so there are a few, there are a few. My buddy, Brendan Babb over in Anchorage, we actually started at the same time, kind of cities farthest away from each other. 
decided to create innovation officer roles. And they're all they're all a little bit different depending on what the skill set is. So in my position, it, it was kind of grounded in the process improvement work. In other places, they're like special project people for, for a mayor. So sometimes they're out of a, a mayor's office. In my case, I was initially out of the city manager's office. Um, in some cases, they're co collaborating with like the civic tech community and you know working in other places they're working with startups. I've kind of done, you know, in my tour of duty in the role, I've done a few different flavors of it. Sometimes it gets a little bit more technical and sometimes it's really just being out and being present and making sure that the community knows that there is someone in city government that cares about innovation. And I, 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 I say this often, it doesn't matter that it was me when the city designated this role, it matters that the city set a signal that innovation was important. And this was five and a half years ago. You know, we talk about this moment that we're having in Miami now, which is a, you know, it's a, it's a thing, you know, we call it the, the actual movement now, not just a moment, because we're a year into it with what Mayor Suarez has done. You know, it started way back. It's, you know, this is a slow, a slow burn from, from moments like that. It's a lot of little steps like that by designating an innovation officer role. All of a sudden people turn their heads and like, well, maybe, Maybe government does care about this stuff and is a little bit more forward thinking. So you get more people coming to the table, paying more attention to what the city's doing. So there are a number of innovation officers in governments throughout um, the world, really. I mean, I've met, um, I've, I've met them from countries, cities, some of my friends, some call me up and wondering what the hell's going on in Miami. We see all this crypto activity and, and now their roles are transitioning from, you know, whatever it might've been a couple of years ago um to just keep an open mind to what's coming down the coming down the line interesting yeah, yeah i mean the the signaling feature of that is is super big and i think that a lot of when i think of like because i'm from portland but most cities it's just kind of like until it comes time to vote you're, it's just kind of hands off I, I got jury duty ugh and then it's time to vote and that's it and that's the only time you kind of like interact with anything kind of city facing yeah. um Sucks. Shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and I guess I'm. I, that's kind. Of, I'm wondering, like, what what are some of the levers that a city can pull, or maybe, I mean, you could take it both ways, but like whether it's top down or bottom up to get yeah. people more involved. Whether it's using tech, ideally tech. I think that's kind of like the the big lever that isn't utilized a lot, versus yeah. just kind of like town halls and like community outreach, like what are the things coming in the pipeline or in general or yeah so, so you just bring a good point like the the old tool set is like it's the town hall setting right where everyone come to us and come to you know some dingy office building or government <laughs> yeah. building for a while and there's coffee bad coffee yeah there's coffee, coffee maybe yeah um really it's a it's a little cliche now to say, but you got to meet people where they're at and you got to have your ear to the ground, like be intentional about looking who's already doing the work because every community has people grinding it out, you know, trying to make their city better. You know, it might be two or three, it might be a co-working space with a hundred people. The point is you have to, uh, you have to be intentional about seeking out what's already happening in your community and then show up. You know, I, I, I spent a lot of time as a volunteer, not even in my official capacity, of course, you show up at an event on, you know, on an evening and they find out you work for the city and, you know, you're kind of blurring that line, but it does take that little bit of that extra time. And eventually that extra time 
becomes more official time. So, you know, before I became an innovation officer, I spent a lot of time in the evenings showing up to civic tech events that I found throughout the community. I became the de facto government guy and eventually it just becomes the, the, the work. Um, so I would just start on the listening tour, man. That's the, mm -hmm. that's the way and really see what ideas are already out there. It's, it's not, it's often not people think it's like, oh, we got to get everybody in a room and like government's got to figure all this out. Like, what, you know, what's happening out there and, and let's have more meetings. And, you know, it, it rarely starts that way. Like your best bet is to go out and see uh, what good work people are already doing. Listen and then build your strategy for your city or your community around that. Um, we, we did a, um, a few of us about four years ago. Our city manager at the time sent us to. Uh, four cities to go look for the best program, uh, data program around. They're like, find like the perfect program and that's the one that we're gonna replicate here in Miami. So go visit these four cities, bring the best one and that's the one that we're gonna adopt. The lesson from that is these, these were four outstanding programs that we visited. We went to Louisville, Kansas City, Cincinnati and South Bend, Indiana, which Mayor Pete actually sat in the meeting when he was still mayor in South Bend. and the lesson from that is like, you cannot lift something from some other place and pop it in. There was like a little bit here, a little bit there, but the dynamics in each city were so different that like, yeah, that works in Cincinnati, but it never would have worked in, in Miami for any number of reasons. So um, no easy answer, man. You just got to do the work and, and, yeah, and listen yeah. and come into it with intention. It, it sounds like it's the, the age old, like Paul Graham thing of you got to do the things that don't scale. Cause like that, yeah. that's, that's for all the, the juicy details and like the lessons exactly are. Right. Yeah, man. Damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 we all want the one size fits all, but if it could only mm -hmm. be city courts, like it's, it, it's, it's much more, it's much more complicated. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm curious about, especially as someone who's in like city leadership is, and I feel like with myself where I want to be the best person I can. And so I want to be positive some, and I want to think yeah. about the community. And crypto has some of those elements, you know, like you buy the token, it aligns incentives, but we'll also number go up for ourselves. And so there's kind of like a bounce between zero sum and positive sum. Yeah. And just like we're talking about with the, the voting or jury duty, like most of us just want to be left alone because we got enough stuff on our plate. Sure. So how do you, how do you balance or, or what are some tactics to keep yourself in that place? Cause I'm sure you get worn down sometimes to keep yourself in that kind of like grateful place of staying positive some and thinking about the community yeah i, I mean I, I i guess i'm lucky in that my nature anyway tends to be to find a win-win uh, you know I've, I've often been in a lot of situations in my career where that's my actual job so i you know i'm not i'm not technical enough to sit down and write the code but i understand enough that i can translate it to city leadership so i often find myself in this middle position helping people find um, find the balance. And like, you know, like a good, like a good Libra anyway, I, I have an appreciation <laughs> for finding that. So that's part of what uh, has excited me this year in particular about crypto, that it provides a whole new like toolkit for doing that. You are right, it's not fully formed, right? So even as you were kind of asking the question that crypto kind of does that. So absolutely, it's a whole new set of tools where you have like transparency over the incentives. Like you're being, clear and it a, a lot of the dialogue historically has been like well you're either like 
a community member that's sort of making money, you're in the business community, and then uh, maybe you carve out a piece of time and then you're doing community work. We, we haven't been talking about this stuff, I think, enough in the same space. I think a part of it is like the, the tooling and the vocabulary hasn't been there. And crypto kind of comes embedded with some of that vocabulary and tooling. I mean, I think if you watch what's happening, you know, step in like any, you know, NFT discord and, you know, it's all about community. I think we should come at that a little bit critically as well. It's not community in a discord channel is not necessarily, you know, community in real life, but the, the there is a lot to explore there. Can we, as these things are now more intertwined, like let people know that like, hey, if you are, if this community is better, the whole community can do better. These are sort of the dynamics that you 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 see in kind of the infancy stage playing out. How does that scale to an entire city, right? How can you build a, a community for an entire city? I think there's some missing pieces in there too, because you've got, you know, communities within your larger community that, you know, maybe don't have the tools to come to the table, you know, traditionally maybe rejecting, they don't have the trust yet built out to say that, you know, the, the community at large is going to have my best interest as a, as a community that's been, you know, underserved for a long time. So I, it goes back to the same thing we we're talking about before, how much time are we investing as we're thinking this through and creating some of these incentives to also give a voice throughout, right? Like, what does that algorithm look like? Um, I'm, I'm, optimistic and I'm generally an, an generally an optimist but on the flip side of that you know I'm, I'm not like a technology utopian that thinks like you could just throw a bunch of tech and it's going to fix this you still got to go back and interact and do the hard work to make sure you understand the community you understand the rules um, you know we've seen you know algorithms work against us right um, algorithm does like anything you want at scale so it can scale a lot of bad shit too if you're not uh if you're not careful and intentional about it um but we're i mean yeah we're all early man it's both the wild west and you know my general position is like i want to engage now while we're early rather than waiting it out which is i think what some folks in government tend to do and like, ah, oh, that's not our job to be bleeding edge or our job to be, we got to wait until this thing is more fully formed and then we will engage with it. Well, I think that's a, that's the mistake. Um, you know, it, I, you got to, you got to be sort of in the messiness up front because if not, some of these things will be too fully formed by the time that they, uh, they get to you. Uh, and I'd rather be in there early on helping shape it and bring some things to light. Yeah. That seems kind of par for the course in, in a lot of government positions is kind of like uh, heavy lean on cautious when you're moving. I have to assume it's probably because if you put yourself out there and it's the wrong decision, there's not really a whole lot of uh, understanding for like risk taking when it comes to those yeah, I mean, positions. Governments aren't, aren't startups, right? The purpose of government is largely to provide stability, right? And you provide stability in theory, by just preserving the status quo. So that the system systems are often designed not to be flexible, right? You want things that are sort of gonna last and, and preserve things the way that they the way that they are. It's not to say that there isn't an appetite for innovation in government. It's just the the systems haven't really been designed for that. So you got an appetite that's not it's difficult to kind of merge with the the 
systemic patterns that government has been applying for a few years, I think we gotta we gotta rethink some of those, right? Create some space for some stuff to thrive. There is plenty of space, like within the rules and within the laws. This is what I, I keep reminding people. Like, yeah, there are things there, and like people kind of throw their like, ah, oh, we can't do that within government. There's plenty of stuff like in the spaces mm. where you could do some experimentation, you know, create a model for like, hey, if you do this, look what's look what's possible. Got it. Yeah, there's there's interesting things like in Portland we have an arts tax and like we mm-hmm. voted on it and so you know everyone pays it thirty five bucks a year, yeah. but it, it doesn't get rolled into your regular taxes so you get it as a separate bill and it comes in your yeah. mail and like the the like non payment rate is like forty percent it's super high and I think it's just because I mean people the majority voted so like it it was it was ratified for a reason. And it, it goes to yeah. a good cause, like like creativity programs and schooling. But when it has sure. to come out of your paycheck, people are like, yeah. no, that's, that's my money. I don't want to pay my that. My money. So, so there's all yeah, kinds or of- I, like, Or I can apply that to arts the way I want to. Exactly. And so there's all yeah. kinds of there's all kinds of interesting, like, uh, it sounds good on the front end, but then implementation is so critical to do it the right yeah. way. Um, but I'm curious about data in cities. What What is the kind of like- it seems like you guys are on the bleeding edge. Maybe you're not. But what, what does a connected city look like in the sense of like, uh, what data are you pulling in and how is that being utilized to make decisions? So I, I, um, I don't think we're, we're bleeding edge in implementation, if I were to be perfectly honest. I do think that we um, ideologically and philosophically our you know our plan sort of on the on the edges of how we talk about this stuff and again we've studied it and gone to other cities that are exceptional at it and tried to bring the best of the best my position uh when people talk about smart cities and like a connected city um i used to make this joke that's like you know you know we want to have smart cities and sensors and all that stuff i'm like dude i'm just trying to get people to use spreadsheets right you know like we're not even we're not even there. So let's take like, let's throttle this down for a hot minute and like get everyone to appreciate and do the capacity building in an organization so that people know why data is important because more data is not necessarily better. You could be flooded with it. And now you're in a, you know, it, it, you're, you're in a data flood zone where, you know, you're getting more than you can process. Let's do what we can to teach people how to process uh, the data, how to actually build process maps so that you know what kind of data is going to be useful to fix a thing. So we launched our Miami Innovation Academy, which was a a program that we launched a few years ago to teach your average uh, employee how to like build out a map, figure out what data is important, pick out like one step that they want to fix and really drill in and kind of have an engineer's mind to fix a thing. And these are frontline employees, so they're not necessarily like a, you know, a, a senior leadership sitting there or like an external consultant coming in to do it. Like, let's teach people how to do it with the idea that the future is going to involve a lot more data coming at you. If you cannot do this step and being able to like articulate all the steps in a, in a process, you're never going to be able to fix the thing. You're never going to be able to implement the right kinds of fixes, even, even as like a translation communication layer between an engineer and a frontline employee. Then you're going to end up back at the same thing I referenced earlier, which is like engineers, like, you know, helicoptering in, like, we know how to fix this. And like, they're engineering totally the wrong, the wrong problems, technology and engineering looking for a problem to solve. So, you know, 
bringing everybody back to that middle space, again, is kind of the win-win uh, idea. It's like, yes, we want to be technologically forward, bring these new toolkits you know, to bear, but we want to make sure that our workforce is also being elevated so that they can describe problems correctly. And I think now, as we, th this has been my aha moment going into the era of the blockchain, which admittedly, I mean, you would have asked me this just a, over a year ago, and there were so many vendors approaching me with like, you know, insert blank for the blockchain. I mean, I would see this email and like file, 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 file. I, I really couldn't see it applied to the day-to-day. -day. It's a different case now that I'm immersed and the connection between our process work and I think the way that the new tooling is playing out, like we better in government get really good at articulating our processes so we don't lose all those lessons learned because if not you're going to have all all these new systems and tools kind of terraforming around us and i think it's a it it's a loss for all this institutional knowledge that we could have like yeah you probably want to just wipe the slate clean and start some things fresh but there's a lot of people that have accumulated a lot of knowledge over time on a process um but it's trapped in their heads right mm -hmm. you got like you know, and sometimes this is, um, it's more often not, not intentional, but you got a little bit of that too, where someone's like, you know, I'm the expert, you get like the technocrat knowledge and fundamentally I probably am a technocrat. Like I want people that know what they're doing and understand the process, pushing idea, you know, doing the thing. Um, but I think most of it is sort of accidental. Like people just don't have a, a, a language and vocabulary to like articulate what they do. They know what they do, but they can't write it down. This is going to be, critical in the world of like once once smart contracts scale to a level where you're creating that kind of automation in cities if you really want a functioning city um you 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 have to do that well so it's my long-winded way of saying on a, on a smart city that, that yes the data pieces uh is super important but it's more about just making whatever we have open and available and pushing it out to the community and then it's this idea of like, open up your processes as well. Those are the data points that I think are gonna be the most critical, which gives the context to all the open data stuff that you might've published out there. We've, we've done this experiment before where we've put out data sets and put them out into the public. Um, and people do some cool visualizations. And it's like, wow, there's a visualization that we can't do, but it, it doesn't actually speak to the truth that we might know because we didn't really provide all the appropriate context, right? So if we can make our processes uh, more transparent, if we can make our processes more machine readable, now you, I think, got a, a, a recipe for some really cool, cool stuff in the future. Mm, that's that's super interesting. I, I could see, uh, you know, as someone who's big into tech, like you get so allured by the new stuff coming down the pipeline, and that's the fun. That's the fun thing to look at. And if everyone just get on board, like we'd have, you know, our yeah. fridge would just order from Amazon off RFID chips and I wouldn't have to ever go to the grocery store again. But when, like, it, uh -huh. there's a disconnect between like where the like grassroots like person is and the tech can technically do. And yeah. it definitely sounds like your job is like trying to keep that as bridged as possible. Uh, I mean, that's gotta be difficult because the, the fun part is yeah. for me, I'm always, I'm always heading the clouds doing that shit. Yeah. And uh, you, you kind of got to like be in the dirt and, yeah. you know, educating the people. 
it can all be pretty fun, man. Like that's yeah. the thing I think that we found. You're, in op- you're always optimistic. Always. I'm always optimistic. Like the innovation Academy, the, the hack that we did with that is like, we like, there is no technology in our innovation Academy. Like we just brought a bunch of post-it notes out and we were like <laughs> doing games and putting them up on walls. People didn't realize that like, while they were doing that, we were teaching them a little bit about like agile, which, you know, just teaching the idea of like iteration and two week sprint so that when we hit them with a real project a year down the line, they're like, hey, by the way, you remember those post-it note, that post-it note game we played? Like that is really what we're doing here now in practice. So it is a it is a long game approach. It is a, a resistance. Like you you want the excitement and the thrill of the new tech, you know, like I got to give myself a dose of that every so often because that's the, you know, that's the stuff that inspires you and keeps you moving and like you can't turn your head away from that, but you got to, you know, bring it back down to earth. And re- and remember at the end of the day, it's, you're, you're doing community work, man. You got to talk to the community. You got to bring people along to do this. It's not a, this isn't, this isn't like a savior game, you know, where you're, you're, that's it. I've got some new knowledge. I'm going to bring this to everybody. I'm gonna <laughs> throw it out and solve it. It's a, that's a recipe for, that's a recipe for disaster. So it is hard it is time consuming, um, but when you have your aha moments, man, and you see it like click with somebody, I mean, that's it's the best. It's pretty, fucking, it's pretty fucking great. Yeah, it's it's the best. Uh, by the way, I think we're already approaching our half hour. Do you do you have a hard stop? I don't. Okay, then we'll run a little bit long because we we haven't even talked about city coins yet at all. Yeah, it's uh, important. It's super important, and I think the first thing is you know, city coins launched. And yeah. the wallet went crazy pretty quickly. Yeah. And there's a decision there of do you secure the bag? So you guys voted, you, you accepted the bag. And yeah. then you could sell it for maximum profit and do X amount with it. Or sure. you could stack it and get a yield and do something different with it. Yeah. Uh, and as far as the news goes, it sounds like you guys are going to stack it and yield it. Uh, is that still the decision? But more importantly, like how did that decision come up? Like how are you guys thinking about what to do with it? Let's rewind a little bit and, and go back to balance. So I, uh, I I think we're taking a little bit more of a balanced approach. Now, let me set up a few things that are important to know. The city itself today can't hold any cryptocurrency by state law, right? So the wallet is still sitting on reserve for the city of Miami. Um, this is an important distinction because we, the minute that this this is gifted to us, and that's the the, the mechanism by which our city is gonna be receiving these funds. It is a gift donation from the community, from the protocol to the city of Miami, which is like a, I'm, I'm proud of the city for sort of like, and our attorneys and everyone getting involved. That was the big step. And I think the big one with CityCoins is like, it had to engage our CFO, our attorney's office, all the commissioners to just create a mechanism whereby we can even have any of this benefit. And that makes, that's important because that means other cities can also adopt that mechanism. So if the minute that the city is, is gifted this amount, it converts to USD and now we've got the, the USD amount, right? So at that point, it's no longer, um, you know, in living in, in crypto space. We will likely be receiving some amount, and this is truthfully, it's what the city coins community sort of decides to, to gift at an interval. We're just the recipients of that gift. I believe it's gonna be a, a a quarter of that is gonna come to the city soon, right? And the idea is that we have some bucket of money to start start doing some of these things that have in real life impact in our community. 
Uh, we have a commissioner that's expressed a desire to do stuff around affordable housing. We have a, a very real climate change concerns here in the city of Miami. Um, there's the possibility that this could contribute towards staffing to help be a good liaison for city coins. Um, just on behalf of myself, I think that's personally critically important to the project because right now it's a, a lot of borrowed time for myself. You know, it's, it's people on the team that are just like, you know, we're trying to keep this thing moving while we're doing all our other hundred jobs. So those are all things that we're looking at with this first USD contribution to the city. The mayor has been thinking very intently over the, the, since this project came about, like how can we create a direct benefit to our residents and use this as an opportunity to educate our community about uh, cryptocurrency and about Bitcoin um, and how can they feel a part of what's happening here? And that was really the, the genesis of this idea of a Bitcoin dividend, which is the Bitcoin yield from the stacked uh, stacks um that are sitting in the wallet so right now i think we've got enough that will produce about um you know if we got 15 million sitting there at the end of the day it's about a 1.5 uh, million yield over the course of the year that we will start figuring out for ways to distribute this to our residents as a bitcoin dividend now lots of like technical things to work out there <laughs> you know questions about like exactly how much of this the city can functionally do well, I remain optimistic because, you know, we're going through the steps just like we did the first time around. I know people want it to happen like that, um, uh, but it's going to be interesting. We also want to, you know, it. we're giving out the Bitcoin, right? But this is also an avenue for people to think about city coins and Miami coin more. So uh, as we think about the wallets that our residents will have to adopt, it's just an interesting conversation happening with all the players that are like sort of volunteering and raising their hand like hey maybe we could do this and we just did a bitcoin industry day uh, a couple weeks ago where we had several vendors uh, come in on our initial charge which was to pay for services in bitcoin and potentially get our residents paid in uh, some portion of their salary in bitcoin the third piece of that became this idea of a wallet and people just making us aware of the different options. So that's the step that we're at. We're evaluating all the different options. We've got players all the way from, uh, you know, exchanges down to smaller wallet builders that have given us some uh, indication of what they can do. Um, and we'll be spending the next month or so kind of kicking around uh, the possibilities. It could just be that the city is only managing kind of the, the checklist of like, the the right now we're looking at voters right as the the universe of people in the city of miami that are eligible so maybe the city's only role is to like maintain that open data set of who has received and who has not and there could be an external party that sort of manages the distribution uh, as opposed to the city deciding you know it's going to go el salvador and create a chiva wallet of its own you know all those options are on the table but it's a lot to to think about so i know the community is like Let's do this now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but um, I think the sign and the signal is like we're thinking about all of it. We're looking at we're looking at all of those models actively, um, and it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, when you have like the government, which typically moves, you know, cautiously, and then you yeah. got crypto, which operates at warp speed, and everyone wants like the Fed to topple tomorrow, and yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> trying, trying, trying to balance those two is, is crazy, but um, 
just for timeline, you know, Miami Coin launched like four or five months ago. How early in the process were, uh, you know, legal, that kind of thing involved in the process to make the, when the vote happened, like go, because to us, we're like, it was a big day. We're like, is it going to go? Yes. Is it going to go? No. And I'm sure there's a ton of work that was going on before then. So was there already talks besides from Suarez before activation even happened? Or was it like now that it's live, we, we're going more aggressive? So the, the the protocol had already been created. It had not gone live uh, when we became aware of it. So I first became aware of it. So it started with like our CFO is the one that called me up. So a lot of these things come in through me. But in this case, I was, I was on a day off and my CFO calls me in the morning. He's like, hey, there's this project that claims that it's going to be able to generate millions of dollars for the city. Is this thing real? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Sounds <laughs> a little nuts, but let's do it. And every, uh, you know, conversation that we were sort of having in the early days just to create awareness about what it was and reading the documentation online. I mean, it, it, that was a crash course. I mean, from like, I don't know, it was, I became aware of it in June and I'm like deep in Munid's paper by July and uh, trying to explain this kind of crudely to the commission. And I, I, I cringe a little bit watching that, that first bit of commission because I like I know more now than I did then, but you know, it was moving so quickly. Um, we just were like drinking through a fire hose, but pretty early, it would not have gotten to commission at the point that it did had like our attorneys not already been involved, the CFO reviewing it, myself sort of technically reviewing it. It is one of the fastest things I've ever seen uh, kind of progress with the level of rigor that it progressed with. Mm. Um, I mean, the mayor was dedicating a lot of his personal time to like understanding this thing because he's putting himself out there for it. Um, you know, our attorneys, I mean, like on weekends calling me up, was like, hey, I'm exploring this thing. I mean, they were, they were sitting there like reading, you know, stuff off like the Stacks website to make sure that they, you know, could, uh, could understand it. These are like Saturday, Sunday conversations. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. the part that people don't see that, that for me has been one of the most exciting things is it's been an entry point for, it's been an entry point for all this other, other stuff, which is, is like what's going to be super helpful as we keep going. You know, I don't have to keep explaining it now. I'm going to do, but um, yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's progressive. It's a, there's a, I know we see the spikes on this thing happen, but at the end of the day, this is community building and it's a, it's a slow burn, man. It's a, you got to keep your eye on the, the long-term cadence of this thing. Yeah. It's super interesting how, how crypto makes you like, you start learning things you would never otherwise go down in, in that rabbit hole. Like, I never really asked what is money before all of this. And I was never I'm watching. An I'm an economist now. <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> and I have all the answers. If they would just listen to, if I ran if the Fed, it, it would be totally fine. I would just buy Bitcoin. And then in 10 years, we'd pay off the entire debt. But, uh, I mean, that's the, that's the beautiful part of the danger, right? Like it's both. Like that's the weird way that we're in. Like we're all like learning and we're all experts and it's all like. <laughs> exactly, but, exactly. And that, and that's the crazy thing about CityCoins currently is that it's this token that can be programmed and you can do a lot with it. And, you know, absolutely. it's 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 on-chain verifiable. It could be spent as money if you wanted to, yes. but all of that's being discounted because it's just so early. Like we have no idea. No, like I'm imagining like, you know, you have like the Grubhub stickers on a, on like a food cart and they, yep. they accept Grubhub. Well, they can accept CityCoin, like whatever it is, but that's, mm. we're so far from anything like that. You know, far and also, uh, again, in my government, like lens or the usual cadence, 
it doesn't feel that far. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I'm sure the community will enjoy this. I mean, I had this morning, I had a local founder that is working on an application to be able to take, accept point of sale payments for Miami coin. I mean, this is something that the community is building and working on. Um, I, you know, I don't, look, we're going to be, as government, we're going to continue to do what we're doing, which is to connect the dots. People come to us and ask us about, like, why did you guys, you know, why do you guys believe in this thing? Why, how's the benefit happening? Someone says they want to work on something. We're going to, like, make sure that they meet the right people. I, I think government's largest role is going to be a, a facilitator in this in this project while we help kind of steward all these players that are, because there's enough players coming to the table, man. Like I, I, I got all kinds of friends that are just like, Hey, I bought some Miami coin. Like, how do I get involved? And like, hold tight. We need to figure out like, <laughs> what the on-ramps are. And I think once that clicks with people, I think that's what the community needs to, to help me understand what are the on-ramps. If someone's not a developer to jump on Miami coin, how do we get people that might be holding Miami coin in an exchange to maybe move that out? to like a hero wallet, because I think that's where you're going to get, your use cases are really going to happen once you're able to activate it in this, this other ecosystem. You know, holding Miami coin inside of an exchange, yes, you can go buy it, you know, at, at OKCoin, but once it's there, there's not a whole lot you can do it outside of, you know, the kind of broad scale stacking that you could do. I think it's like one in 12. But if you move it out of that ecosystem and educate people about what's possible, now, you know, you could use it as payment somewhere. You might be able to, you know, stack it on a different cycle. You have more flexibility. Um, you know, you can use it to buy an NFT. We had a number of NFTs that got launched during our Art Basel. Um, but that education is going to take a little bit of time and intentionality on that piece, right? It's, there's, there's a lot of ground level work that I think needs to happen for, for that to, to click. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that said that the city coins committee has to come together and just kind of like brainstorm like what is all the ideas because like you know there's ones that don't get talked about a ton but like the miami voice one on voting yeah you know, that one's powerful and you could do like it could even be like maybe the uh you know the department of transportation you know they have like the pothole hotline but what if you can vote on like and use quadratic voting which i just learned about so top of mind but like <laughs> The, the basic idea for people who don't know is like you get like a hundred points and you could spend them on different, you could spend one point on a hundred ideas and just spread it out evenly, or you could spend one point on one. And if you want to put a second point in that same point, it costs you double. So what two becomes four and then three becomes nine. So it just multiplies. So if, if you want to fix that pothole in front of your street, you could put yeah. all your points into that and it's, you know, it, it only counts for 20, but they'll know like that's important to these six people because their cards getting banged. So there's all kinds of ways you can kind of like use it that way. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll put, I'll put the, the, I'll put the, the challenge that I think the community needs to solve for as you're approaching other cities as well. So certainly something on so Miami voice is great. We are already working to have the, the, uh, to put some projects in there. They're actually already in there. We're going to do some tweaking how that bucket of money gets spent uh, administratively, it's still on the commission to spend however they want. It's a gift donation to the city of Miami. The, the commission can opt to listen to the Miami Voice participants, right? Or consider that, which I, I believe they will, 
ultimately, though, they have the constituents here that are sort of on the ground that they've got to, that that's who is there that they've got to serve. So how do you balance out, right, the people that have been sort of invested, could be anywhere in, in the world, really, that are making a contribution to Miami Quiet and have, like, voted on Miami Voice, and how do you reconcile that with your resident voice that's here on the ground. You know, one option is that you weight that and say, you know, you're a Miami coin holder and you're a registered voter or a resident and you have sort of maybe a weighted voice. It's something that I actually talked to Drew about to see if there's a way to add some element of like KYC to the tool so that you know if you're a Miami resident, you can sort of indicate that you've got like a stronger vote because you're closer to the to the problem. So that's one. Other thing is make sure you just like distribute at least, you know, every resident while we're distributing this Bitcoin dividend, we also do some kind of distribution in Miami coin. So every resident is a Miami coin holder in addition to these people that might be outside of the city. The proof of HODL is an interesting one. We in cities are different than private sector where we're trying to cast a much broader net and not create gated access to a lot of things. We're actually trying to create much more open access and bring, you know, we want more people coming in and being contributors and engaging. It's an interesting, like, like a lot of thought needs to still go into that. Like, you know, do you, is it just all the Miami coin holders that get their potholes fixed? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, um, uh, no, that's a good I don't know, I, I don't know the answer, but like yeah. that's got to get addressed. I've, I've gone through this thought experiment with other CIOs that I know are thinking about city coins, and they're like, "Wait a second, how would that how would that work?" Yeah, so. this this is going to be required watching <laughs> for all city coins community members because you, you got to have to you got to think about it the right way first to make sure you're approaching it from the right like angle of attack. That's the incentive balancing, man. Like it. So going back to the how we started this thing, like aligning those wins. Like I still think we can do it for sure. I mean, we got this toolkit's awesome, but it's not necessarily as simple as like, oh, if you got more Miami coin, you get, you know, you get more yeah. voting power. And that's that like makes all the city people go, well, you got plenty of communities that that would like mean get no voting power, yeah, uh, whatsoever. I mean, just we got communities that don't have uh, I mean, today. We want to solve this, too, but don't have Internet access today. Now, city coins can also help contribute to create access in communities that don't have it. Right. So, like, how do you how do you align all of these incentives to create an ecosystem that is thriving, that incorporates the knowledge we have in cities, make sure every resident is heard that the toolkits that we're creating here in city coins and in crypto everyone has access to. It's not just a limited group of people in our city that are making calls and decisions, but we're also respecting the people that are responding to this moment that we're having in Miami. We want to plus one that, like we want to plus that up, um, which is really, it's, it's another constituency, which are the people that like want to, you know, as they say, kind of uh, uh, vote with their feet and move here and like have a, you know, they want to celebrate with us and be part of this moment that we're having. And we absolutely want to make sure that there is space for people to do that as well so it's a lot to these are good fucking problems to have man yeah like, yeah this is you know when when everyone just sort of wants to engage and wants to create tools for for a city i mean it's a it's a great place to be uh, even if you don't have all the answers uh before yeah. christmas and I've, i i've never seen people so engaged in like the city coins thing is talking about civic engagement and like yeah. I've never seen people so active about this until crypto and city coins come about. Uh, last question, 
just let, before I let you go. Can I say something about that? Real quick? I, know I, I know I talked too much. We're running over here, but that is what has caught me. So in some ways it is familiar in that, you know, I come out of the, like the civic tech space where, you know, there's often these groups of people in cities all across the world that are like highly engaged. You know, sometimes again, it's five, 10 people. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's a hundred, 200 people that are engaged. Um, but this is like a whole other group of people that are now interested in that kind of work. And that became really, like that is familiar enough. We're like, I know what that is. This is people that want to engage with their cities and you can't squander that. So um, that was an incredible sign once I jumped into some of those discords and saw how people were talking. Uh, a lot of the, the, you know, some people are just, you know, kind of trying to like make the money on the, on the tool, but there was significant critical mass on people that were looking to make cities better. So that was great. And then seeing that in real life, uh, meeting some of these people that came down to Miami for the Art Basel event, which became like NFT Tech Basel that week was really great. And you could feel something really special in the air, man, that I honestly, I didn't expect it to be that significant. I expected to be a few people in there in the room, like you felt the energy in that space that day. Um, and it was just another signal to keep going. Amazing. Uh, another idea popped in my head just to put it on wax, but with developers, there's like bounty programs, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like solve this problem, get paid a bounty. And yeah. that could be an interesting use of city coins where you put up a bounty for, you know, fix this bench in the park or whatever it is. That could be pretty, yeah. that could be interesting. Uh, but yeah, last question and kind of take it back more broad, but just in general, with whatever you're working on, whatever you read recently, what what are you most excited about for either your job at the city of Miami in the next couple of years? I am excited by my friends and the builders that I have seen in this community for a long time having their moment. Our mayor, Mayor Suarez, by sending out this tweet and engaging it after and making sure that we didn't squander this year has like created this center of gravity where I'm seeing, again, it's my friends. Like these are not just people that like I know and passing people that I have seen building here for a long time are gonna be, I mean, some of them have already achieved escape velocity, um, but I am excited that like the whole world is kind of not paying attention to what Miami has been building here for a long time. I'm excited about all the new people that have come here to build with us. I mean, from what the Stacks community has done and the attention that they have are paying on our city to make our city better to the, you know, the, the venture capital. It's like, like something's happening here. I think if you were here during the Basel event, I, nonstop, uh, I have heard this since the last two weeks, the people that came to Miami for the first time or had, hadn't been here in a few years and just walked around, they're like, this is like a web three city. Like what's, what's happening here? Like everyone, it's like in the air, it's in the DNA. I think we are, um, are primed for any number of ways. We're a city of creators. There's a lot of creative energy in the city. We're, we're a city with a lot of grit. We're entrepreneurial in nature. We're a, a, a city that like has a lot of immigrants that have come and like left their country to rebuild here. So all that stuff is in our DNA, which makes it uniquely positioned going into this new economy where we're building something new, people are willing to try new things. It's got this creative bent. I'm just really excited about seeing that 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 thrive, man. The metaverse projects that have been on our table. <laughs> like, all right, I guess we're going to the metaverse next. You know, that's the, 
that's that all that is um the fact that all that even feels remotely real is just a really exciting thing to be a part of man. yeah and i want to thank you guys too because the it's always scary to be the first city to do something and so you know you see this whether it's like legalizing weed or legalizing gay rights where yeah. it's like the first one to do it you know it takes someone being innovative and kind of like putting themselves out there but then once you realize that it's probably should be that way then everyone yeah. it's the lead domino that everyone kind of follows suit and so mm -hmm. the fact that you guys are finding this balance of being capitalist but being innovative but you know caring about the community and all, like weighing all those things and not uh kind of going the status quo i think it's going to be an amazing decade of other cities following suit once you guys become the proof positive so uh yeah Thanks, I, I, i'm thankful for you guys for laying the blueprint that's amazing thank you man yeah it's uh these are it's a habit man you just uh take a little bit of a step and it gets easier and easier to do it and we've seen the benefits and we've been rewarded for it so far so we're going to keep going fantastic well the usual any any shout outs or where can people find out more about what you're working on or following uh the city yeah i would i would obviously follow mayor suarez's twitter account that seems to be the best place to find out what's happening in the city uh you can follow uh me on twitter i'll, I'll often have a um a slightly different bet on the things that i'm focused on uh cypher shoof who oversees our venture miami team is another good person to to check out what's going on and feel free to reach out to any one of us online and um you know take us down some more rabbit holes we're up for it. <laughs> love it mike hey thank you so much for the time thanks jake appreciate it thanks to everybody in the community man. welcome to built on bitcoin i know that things don't always go your way but i'll be right